Okay, everybody, this week's Parsha, Parsha's Tazria Mitzora. And uh, obviously, the main overarching theme of the Parsha is Taras. But before we get to that, right, there are actually a couple more topics that the Parsha is talking about. The beginning of Tazria, again, <laughs> when I say a couple more topics, right, we're talking about 10 or 15 psukim. Right, the first psukim at the beginning of Parsha Tazria talk about childbirth. Uh, Brismila, the Tumah of Tara of childbirth, right? will be relevant. Uh, the Korbanos of a woman who gives birth. Uh, and then finally, you know, after, you know, 10 or 15 psukim or so, we transition into Tsaras, and that's basically the entirety uh, of Tazria Mitzorah. Uh, Tazria talks about Tsaras on a person, right? The whole analyzation of the Kohen, the isolation of the Mitzorah, the Tumah of the Mitzorah. Uh, it talks about Tsaras on clothing. Uh, Parshas Mitzorah talks about the purification process, right? After the Tsaras is healed, you bring birds, you bring cedar, you bring crimson thread, right? Etc. Etc. Korban sprinkling, mikvah, shave your hair uh, for a man, uh, all the hair. Uh, wait seven days, uh, we shave again, okay? More korbanos, okay? Seder. Um, it moves on to Tsaras in a house, it moves on to Tsaras in a house, and how to purify the house, what exactly to do. Uh, and then finally, the last topic, underratedly, I guess not underrated, but if, if you get to the end of it's already, you're still paying attention. So then it talks about a, a difficult topic in and of its own right, which is Zav and Balkeri and Zava uh, and different types of emissions that uh, men and women have and the Tuma status of that. Uh, I always cringe when I get up to those topics in the Gemara, but okay, fine, not, not the easiest topics uh, to talk about. So either way, uh, we're going to obviously focus mostly on uh, Saras uh, and Lashon Hara. Uh, but to start off just quickly, um, with Parsha Tazria, uh, you know, you can't, you can't help but notice the prominence of a coin in the world of Tsaras. That's very, very interesting. The coin f- factors very, very heavily. And for example, in order to purify Mitzorah, uh, part of the process, really weird, if I may even say that, Chas Shalom, process, uh, blood and oil are placed on big toes and big thumbs. Um, and you only really find this type of service, if you can call it that, uh, is one in found one other place where the Kohanim were inaugurated into the service uh, of the Mishkan. Uh, another example, not not really a clear proof, but interesting nonetheless, is that the laws of Saras are found in Sefer Vayikra, which is called Torah's Kohanim uh, by Chazal, because it, you know talks a lot about korbanos and stuff the Kohanim are dealing with. Uh, the Kohen is the judge and jury when it comes to Tsaras. For example, if a person has some sort of blot on their arm and he hasn't yet shown it to a Kohen, he's still Tahor, even if it even if it really kind of really looks like Tsaras. Only after the Kohen declares it to be Tsaras, the person becomes Tame. right? And similarly, the Kohen would judge uh, whether a person needs to be secluded for seven days. If it's like in between, if it's if you're not sure if it's Tsaras, uh, the Kohen would decision whether it was pure. Basically, the coin is the one is the arbiter of Taras. And f- even further, the Gemara Erechim and Daf Tezvav, Tezayin, where, where it talks about uh, Taras and all that stuff, uh, points out that the Big Day Kahuna atones for the same sins that a person gets Taras for. Right? Gaiva, Lashonhara, murder, or immorality, etc. And the Gemara writes that Ketores, which the coin, obviously the coin Golda brings, atones for Lashonhara, right? which obviously causes Taras. So we see a lot of comparisons between the Kohanim and Saras. And the Shaila is, what, what's the deal? Why is that? So the Shemi Shmuel explains very beautifully. He says that basically B'nai Yisrael are a nation of pure, holy people, right? A nation whose whole existence is predicated on Kedusha, right? And uh, and holiness and purity, etc. And the Kohanim are the purest of the pure, right? They're the holiest of the holy. They're the spiritual leaders, the teachers of the great nation, right? The emissaries, right? Who serve in the Beis HaMikdash, etc. They do the Avodah, etc. So it's only fitting, therefore, that the Kohanim be the spiritual judges for a spiritual malady, for a spiritual illness, right? This is not 
leprosy, right? As terribly mistranslated. This has nothing to do with leprosy. It is a spiritual plague, not plague, a spiritual illness that comes upon a person for a certain amount of sins. There's nothing, it's not, it's not health-wise. You didn't stay out in a, in the rain without a coat and you ended up with saras, right? Is, is, this is something that has to do with uh, ruchnius and the kohen, right, uh, is the one, is the, is, is the rebbe, right, to kind of, is the doctor to kind of figure out what's going on with your spiritual uh, self. So what's the, therefore, the mumbo-jumbo about the, the, the thumbs and the big toes and the ears, etc.? Why was the coin anointed, right, in those parts of the body? Why do we anoint the ears and the thumbs and the toes, big toes of, of, a, of a Mitzora? Well, the hands and feet are part of the body that are farthest away from the heart and mind, as it were, right? The most important finger on the hand and the most important toe on the foot, right, seem to be the conduit for purifying a person, right, in this scenario, right? A person uses their hands and feet to enable all your physical actions, right? And if your physical self needs to be uplifted and purified or whatever, so that it could serve in the Mishkan, for example, like the Kohen, uh, and so the big, toe, the big toe and the thumbs are prime targets, uh, and so to a Mitzorah, right? Again, and the ears, Right, are a conduit into the body, right? Gamar Ksubas and Dafhe, that a person should not listen to, you know, Stam chatter or whatever, because it can enter into a person's limbs through his ears. Right? We talk about the eyes being the windows into the soul, so the ears are definitely the doors or the windows into the body, or really into the Nishama also. Right, again, as the Gemara says, right, again, so the things that we hear penetrate us, right, again, that's the thing we internalize, right, very often a person can read, let's say, a text of Gemara, but until you listen to a Daf Yomishir, right, you don't really, perhaps, uh, internalize it, if that's how you learn, at least that's how I learn, uh, much better, much easier, again, that's why you have Torah Shabbat Peh, right, it's passed down from Rebbe to Talmud, Right? It's not just a, a textbook. Right? It's passed down from person to person. The things that we hear right, go into our minds and go into our nishams. So to purify every action from here on out, right, the coin or the mitzvah needed to be anointed right, on the ears as well. Right, again, the Mitzorah, the ear that heard Lashon Hara, uh, that got the Mitzorah in trouble in the first place. If if the Chait was Lashon Hara, there are many Chataim, by the way, many sins that the the Medrash and the Gemara, the Gemara in Erechen brings, I think, seven sins, and the Medrash brings 11 uh, that you can get Saras for. It's not just Lashon Hara, it's just that's the, the most famous one. Um, other ones are like Gaiva and Ayin Ra, like being miserly and etc etc right this murder okay idolatry etc right? you can check out the, the gemara and the midrashim over there um but again so the, the year was also was something that the that the mitzvah was, was listed for lashon hara etc and, and the big toes and the thumbs as well right they, they were instrumental right, for bringing the mitzvah to that place where they could have um uh, you know, done that avera in whatever avera we're talking about. Okay, I just uh, just wanted to point out because it's such a recurring uh, theme and it's just heavily, so heavily invested. I just wanted to kind of uh, mention that. Okay, lashon hara, the famous link between lashon hara and saras. Again, gemara and erichin and daf Zayin. Um, almost the entire again, as we mentioned, the entire parsha uh, talks about saras. I thought it'd be kedai just to read again. We all know how bad lashon hara is. Right? We all know if we say, is Lashon Hara good? No. Should we stop saying Lashon Hara? Yes. But a lot of us struggle with even being aware that we say Lashon Hara. So I just want to read a couple of the statements in the Gemara, just just in case you, uh, you know, the Yitzhar is very good at making a person doubt what they know is to be true. Even though we know it to be true, sometimes eh, it's not really so bad. The Yitzhar does that all the time. Right, it makes us think that, uh, okay, maybe I heard it's not bad. Okay, what's the big deal? Let's just read a couple of these. So, okay, I'm Rabbi Yochum, Mishim Rabbi Yossi Ben Zimra. Call him a sapper Lashon Hara. Everybody who says Lashon Hara, Kilu Kofar Be'ikr. He's a Kofar. He's not Bikotas. I'm Rabbi Yossi Ben Zimra. We'll talk about that in, in a few minutes. I'm Rabbi Yossi Ben Zimra. Call him a sapper Lashon Hara. Negoyim Ba'im Allah. Anybody who says Lashon Hara gets Negoyim, gets illnesses, gets Tsaras. I'm Rabbi Yossi Call him a sapper Lashon Hara. Magdil Avonos Ad Lashamayim. A person says Lashon Hara, his sins are counted up to the sky. 
Rabbi. Amar of Chizda Amar Mar Ukva. Call him a sapper lashin hara roy le soklo ba'even. He should be fitting to be stoned. Amar of Chizda Amar Mar Ukva. Call him a sapper lashin hara. Anybody who says lashin hara. Amar Akash Baruchu. Ein anivu hu yucholim ladur ba'olam. Hashem says, I can't live in a world with this guy. Quotes a pasuk. Turn to be Rabbi Yishmael. Call him a sapper lashin hara. Magdil avonos keneged shalosh averos. Right. Anybody who says lashin hara, it's as if he did the big three of avodas kochavim gilu the raya shrichas damim. Right. Murder, idolatry, immorality. Right. Quotes a bunch of bunch of psukim. Lashin hara is not good. <laughs> but of course, you know this already. So you know how bad lashin hara is. You've read speeches, etc. You've read the read chavetz chaim. You read the you read svarim. I bet a less than a day. Okay. The question is, therefore, why don't we care? Why don't we care? Right? We know how bad it is. We know it's not good. We know if you've ever been victim of Lashon Hara, you know it's it's terrible. It feels awful. So why don't we care? Why don't we care? In economy, you're not alone. Right? Most people are so desensitized to Lashon Hara that you don't even realize they're speaking it. Right? You don't even when they themselves when they themselves say it, you don't realize. When they hear it, they don't realize. Um, but how do we become sensitive to it? Right? You know, there's so many things in this world that we just kind of listen to and assume hey, that's totally fine. Wait, we listen to, I don't know, sports talk radio, right, Hollywood gossip, uh, politics, uh, everything on politics nowadays is Lashon Hara. Uh, so why do we, why do we all, everything, and so much that we expose ourselves to is Lashon Hara. So why don't we care? Why are we not sensitive to it? And how do we become sensitive to it? So, again, the answer is not going to shock you, right? But the answer is not going to shock you at all. The Gavar Navodazar Adafya Tess, Shema Yomar Adam Natsarti Lashoni Miraus, Vasami the Bemir Ma, right? Maybe a person says, I, I don't know how in the world I'm going to stop saying Lashon Hara. Let me just go to sleep, right? I'll just go to bed, right? I, I can't, I can't possibly improve and, you know, hold my speech back. Skumar says, that's not how it works. Tamaloma, the Puzzle says, Sur me ra vasetov. Right? Stray from evil, do good. Ain tovela Torah. What is tov? What does it mean, do good? It means Torah. It means learning Torah. Shanamar, Puzzle says, Kilakach tov, nasati lachem Torah, siyal tazovu. Right? Puzzle and Mishle. Right? That, uh, right? That, that's, uh, I gave you goodness. Right? I gave you uh, inheritance or lekach or, or a bounty of good. Right? It's the Torah. Right? It's, if a person thinks they need to go to sleep, that's not the way to do it. The way to do it is to purify your speech through learning Torah. We have to talk about how that works, but it explains with Baruch Simon, one of the Rosh Yeshiva at YU, right? to, to refrain from speaking Lashon Hara is not to lock yourself in a room and go to sleep. It's not to become a hermit. It's not to avoid human interaction. It's not necessarily to throw away your phone, although I could give a speech about throwing away your phone also, but that's not what it means. It means what we're trying to do is we're, the goal is to purify our speech. And the way you do that is through learning Torah. Now, the Torah does not want us to become monks or become abstinent. And that's the Ramchal writes. Ramchal writes at the end. The whole concept of the goal of life is Kedusha. Is to, what that means is to transform the physical into holiness. Right? To eat kosher, right? to marry and, and stay faithful. Uh, it means to speak in Torah, not negatively. Right? It means to take the gifts in the physical world and turn it and be Mekadosh uh, into holiness. Right? We don't need to speak less. We need to speak differently. Right? We don't need to speak less. I'll say it again. We don't need to speak less. We need to speak differently. The problem is, how does that work? So how does it work to take, if we learn Torah, then all of a sudden we will speak differently. Right? What does that mean? It means just sit and learn. That's all we got to do. Like, is that a magic potion? Right? Is that some sort of like concoction over here? So first of all, Yes. Gemara Kedushan Daf Lamed, right? It says famous Gemara, Barasi Yitzhahara, Barasi Torah Tavlin. Hashem says, I created the Yitzhahara, I created the Torah 
as an antidote. Uh, and I heard from Herschel Schechter once when I drove him to a simcha, he said that that is what, what you do, whatever realm you're struggling with. The answer is simply to study the halachos of that arena, and you will automatically approve. Improve. Improve. Not approve. Improve. And you'll become better. Right? So if you're struggling with Lashon Hara, so yeah, you've been through Chavetz Chaim, Sefer Chavetz Chaim, read it again. You read through a lesson a day, a day read it again. Right? You read, 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 study the Lashon, Lashon Hara Halachos. But the Gemara Nevodah Zarah in Daphne Tess, right, it doesn't seem to be referring to Lashon, Hilchos Lashon Hara. Right? It seems like it's referring just to Torah learning uh, in general. Right? Again, the Ramchal writes this in Sharm, he writes this in in Derech uh, Hashem, it seems like Torah learning itself right, has the ability to transform uh, our speech uh, and our thoughts. And the question is, how does that work? So there's a very, very simple answer, which people don't realize. It's so simple that people kind of dismiss it out of hand, is that our words have power. Our word, the words that we speak, have power that we don't even realize. Again, we find, we find again, just to give a couple examples, we find references all over Chazal about to how powerful our words are. And therefore, when a person, I'll give an example in a second, but when a person speaks words of Torah, right, that has a power. That has a power to change the speech that you normally undertake, the speech that you normally do. That's just because you're spending your time and dealing with it. And that's, it's not like uh, someone, you know, the famous joke about a runner, right? How do you know someone's a runner? Don't worry, they'll tell you. It's not because you're spending so much time and that's what your life is and you have no choice but to accomplish that. It's because words of Torah and words in general have tremendous power. Right? For example, the Gemara says in Brachos Tafiyotas, right? The A person should not open their mouth to the Satan because a person says, even if a person says, right, the whole concept of Divine Hara, a person says something, we say, Bliyayin Hara, right? Don't even open your mouth to the satan, because the second you open your mouth and suggest something, that somehow gives some sort of power to the satan. Gemara says in Ksuvah, in Daph that Yehuda, the son of Rabbi Chia, was late in coming over Shabbos, and Rabbi Yanai said, everybody should start observing mourning, because he's never late, and if he's late, he's dead. Which is pretty intense, but okay. Um, and turned out he actually was late, unfortunately, but because of that, the Gemara says that Yehuda, Rabbi Chia, ben Rabbi Chia actually died. Because Rabbiani said he must be dead, so he ended up dying after that. Uh, and the Gemara says not only for the bad, it also says for the good, right? The Gemara Mawid Katan and Dafir Ches. Right? It says that uh, Rashi quotes on the Chumash that how do you know that Bris is crucified for sign that Kosh Baruch Hu has a covenant with the lips? Because what did Avram say? Avram said when he was going to the Akeda, right? Me and Yitzchak are going up there. We're going to bow down and we're going to come back. What did Avram mean? He didn't really mean that we're going to come back, but since he said we're going to come back, right? right? It's, it's, it gave some sort of call. Right for Yitzchak to uh, come back. The question is, how does that work? How does this work? What do, what do you mean that the words have power? So I heard from Rishai Shachter, right, Rishai Shachter's son, uh, and in the name of Rav Chanan uh, Wasserman, Hashem Yochum Damo, uh, is that words are like an axe. Words are like an axe, and then the Mishnah says in Makas of Dav Zayin that when someone chops wood, right, sometimes there are chips that fly off and injure other people. Again, that's the whole context over there is a Rotech Shogeg, someone who murders accidentally or with negligence, yes, Saranti or Miklat, etc. But uh, an example the Torah gives is someone's chopping wood and either the axe itself, the axe flies off, or there's some wood chips, let's say, suggestion over there in the Gemara. So wood chips fly off the tree and they hit somebody. That's how we have to view words. I mean, words have a far reaching impact, more than we even realize, right? both when we're speaking it from a Gemara and when we're talking to other people. Because right, when you're chopping wood, right, you're doing an action with your words, 
right? Let's say you're, you're, you're speaking, you're trying to get your friend to do something, right? Or you say something to a family member or whatever. So your words have two actions to them, two consequences to them. Right? The actual request, right? the actual thing that you said, I don't know, get me a cup of water or that is a nice dress or whatever, the words, but then the intonation and the assumption and the understanding, the underlying effects of the words that you say. Right, that indicates one way or another. Right, if you ask nicely, can you please get me a cup of water? So a person feels good about helping you. If you ask in a mean way, hey, get me some water, uh, so then that person might listen, but their feelings will be hurt. Or the other way, when you give a compliment, right, if it's sincere, person feels good. That's such a nice dress. That's such a nice suit, etc. But if it's insincere or it's snide or it's you know some sort of intonation, oh, it's such a nice suit. Oh, wow, that's such a nice dress, implying that it's either too nice or it's too expensive or I didn't, I didn't really know that you can afford this type of things, whatever. The underpinnings behind the speech, there's wood chips that are flying off when you speak. There's undercurrents underneath the words, right? That's an added level of impact above and beyond the actual chopping wood, above and beyond the actual request for water or the compliment on the dress. Right? It's a whole level of impact that the words have that you don't even realize, right? We can change our people's moods and mindset with just a few words without even intending to. Right? We, we know this is true, we just don't realize it maybe consciously, maybe we do, but it's definitely, you know, definitely something that we have to think about. When we use our words, we have to be considerate of the fact that it's not only the words themselves, but it's also the implications, the understandings that our, our minds have right, when we speak, that, speak those words. Right, especially nowadays with like phones and social media and whatever, just typing out the words, right? You don't feel like you're saying them, right? But we have to be even more considerate the way we say things via text because sometimes people take them out of context, don't understand exactly what's going on. And certainly during Sphere's Omer nowadays, when we're learning Perkeyavos, Benam Lachaveros, emphasize, right, that because of Tamidim of Rabbi Akiva, right, realize your words are an axe, right? Treat them like a, like a weapon. Or treat them like a tool, whatever that they, whatever, whichever way you want to view it. But realize what they are, right? And t be careful with the words that you say and the way uh, that you say them. All right. As mentioned, the Gemara Erechin and Daf Tezayin, right? It gives a whole Tezvav Tezayin, a whole list of how bad it is to speak Lashon Hara. Um, right? Counted up to the heavens. Hashem says we can't live in the same world, right? As if you committed the big three. So the first one we mentioned, right? Rabbi Yochan says the name of Rabbi Yosi Ben Zimra. It's Kiilu Kafar Beikar. It's as if you're not Bikoros. What in the world? Right again. I, some of the some of the other ones I understand. Right? We're not going to go through each one of them. But how in the world? If you say some lashon hara about someone, right? Are you an apikoros? Right? You still believe that there's a god. You go to shul. You keep kosher. You keep shabbos. How does it mean you kilo kofer baker? It says if you're a kofer baker, you're a kofer. So Rav Melech, Rav Melech Biederman explains what's the root of lashon hara. Right? Someone who speaks lashon hara has a chesar and emuna. A person speaks in, in, in many cases, right? not only, but in many, very often. Right? A person who speaks badly about their friend, it's if they believe they've done something wrong to them, or, or if they've damaged them, or if they've embarrassed you, or if they're upset about your, their success or whatever. Right? Again, or maybe you're upset about your own life and you say Lashon Hara about someone else because you're jealous. Right? The, all of those Lashon Haras right, come from a single fact. And that if you don't realize, and that, you person, that person who says Lashon Hara doesn't realize that no one is able to harm them unless a Kosh Baruch who gives that person the ability, right? Unless there's a Gzair Din and Shamayim, that there's no way that a friend can bother you. No one is going to be able to hurt you, right? If a person wants to steal money from you, right? But a Kosh Baruch doesn't want you to lose money. So 
either that person will be unsuccessful or you have a windfall somewhere else, you're not going to end up with a loss. Right? All, the, only reason, or the only reason someone is able to injure you or, or hurt you or, or harm you or insult you is because a coach boy who, for whatever reason, in his infinite wisdom, decided that was necessary, right? It's a famous marshal of a dog, right? Whose owner is hitting him with a stick and the dog gets angry and bites the stick, right? That, that's the someone who speaks Lashon Hara, right? A person who's venting and talking badly about someone who did something to them, yet it's coming from above, right? You're, that per- you're just biting the stick when you say Lashon Hara. Now, obviously, the person who slighted you is not absolved, right? They're not, not, not faulted. It is their fault. A person punches you in the face, they are liable, Right? They didn't have to be the one who did it to you. Coach Barkley decided you needed a smack in the nose. I smacked myself in the, in the nose with my laptop the other day. I pulled it out of my case. I, I, I guess I pulled it too hard or it got snucked on something. Smacked me in the nose. I started bleeding. So that could have been either because someone on the street decided to punch me in the face or because I'm a clumsy idiot and I smacked myself in the face with my laptop. Right? So that's coming from a Coach Barkley. Right? The instrument, the laptop, or the person is irrelevant. Right? It doesn't matter where it comes from. Right? Yeah, Coach Baruch, for whatever reason, decided I needed to be punched in the nose. So, if a person really, truly internalizes that, right, then there is no Lashon Hara. Because what would you say Lashon Hara about? It's coming from a Coach Baruch. Right, for example, Rav Melech tells a story about a plumber who once did some work in Rav Chaim Velazhner's house. And Rav Chaim asked him, when are you daven for Parnassah? Right? What are you daven for? Because again, a plumber comes when things break. Right? What, are you going to daven for people's homes to break? Right? For people's pipes to explode? So a plumber didn't say anything. So Rav Chaim said, I'll tell you what your tefillah has to be. What your tefillah is, for those who have exera of tsar v'yisurim, for those who have exera to have some sort of afflictions in life, whatever, let it not be in their bodies, let it not be in their ruchnias, let it be in their pipes. So that everybody wins. Right? You got a parnasa, and they get a better form, quote-unquote, of tsaris. And again, once a person realizes that everything's coming from a Kosh Baruch, there's no anger towards other person. There's no reason to say Lashon Hara. What would you say, Lashon Hara? This person's just doing what a Kosh Baruch was decided. person instead looks inward and sees how they can improve, right? Uh, and, 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 and then hopefully will not feel badly. Again, obviously you can, you don't have to hang out with people who punch you in the face and say Lashon Hara about you, but uh, when a person realizes that you know, everything is decided in Shemayim, right, so they'll look inward instead of uh, looking, looking outward. Okay, one last vort. With a really, really mamish, beautiful vort uh, that I wanted to share. Not necessarily, uh, it's a related to Taras, but it's not really a Lashon Hara vort at all. Um, the halacha is that someone who has Taras has to go outside of the camp. Right? He has to go outside of uh, the Machane Yisrael, uh, and he has to say, the Pazik says, V'tamei Tamei Yikro. And he has to call out, I'm Tamei, I'm Tamei. And the Gemara Shabbos, in Daf Samach Zayin, right, says that the purpose of this is to let people know. Right? Maybe you can't see him, they're not close to him. Is to let people know so they can daven for him. And similarly, the Gemara says, what we, they would used to do, I don't know if they do it nowadays, but a tree that would be unhealthy, Right, the Gemara says, fascinating. A tree that's unhealthy should be painted with, should be painted red. Right? You give a little swipe of red paint so that people will see and daven for it. And Ramelech quotes from Chatzel Levenstein, the Mashkir Chathamir, when it fled from, from Europe to Shanghai right during the war, says that, he points out, it's just a brilliant insight, simple insight, but just a brilliant insight. Obviously, the Gemara does not mean that people should see this tree and make a community fast, a day of tefillah, a Tehillim WhatsApp group, sackcloth, fasting, etc. Obviously. Right? Obviously, the whole point of painting a red strip on a tree is someone's walking by, right? They'll see the red strip on the tree, tree. they'll say a quick show of malice or even something short or whatever it is, and be on their way. Says Rav Chatzka Levenstein, look at the koch of a short tefillah. 
we usually think that the only tefillah that works right, is this long out, chazanos, crying, tearing our clothing. It couldn't be farther from the truth, right? Even a tefillah k'tzara, a quick kelna rafanala, which Moshe said about Miriam, right? Or in the case of the tree, right? Yechadesh Hashem ha'ilan kabrishonar or something like that, right? Let, a, let Hashem heal this tree and make it better. Even that's effective. A person has to realize that a, a, even a quick one-line prayer uttered on the sidewalk of some random street next to some random tree that you've never seen before and maybe never will see ever again, even that has koch, even that has power. Right? And therefore, we see how important it is for us to daven for each and every person. Right? If, if we're going to supposed to daven for a tree, kavuchoma, we should daven for people who we hear right, are in a difficult situation, even just a short tefillah, right, to align ourselves with their pain and sympathize, etc., etc. If the Gemara could tell us to daven for a tree, or certainly a mitzorah, again, a mitzorah is not a tzaddik. Right? A person is, is a big-time sinner. Right? Remember, Lashon Hara, Kofor Be'ikar, whatever it is, all those things that could lead to tzaras. Right? But still, you should daven for him. Right? How many of us daven for Ovre Avera? Um, I don't. <laughs> How many people daven for sinners? Right? That's why the guy calls out Tamei Tamei Kro. We're not just supposed to leave him alone. We're supposed to daven for them to get better and to improve. Right? Rav Melech tells a story about Rav Chaim Kanievsky. People used to come with, to him with their tzaros and ask for a Kabbalah of some sort. And he would say, in his, you know, in the Kedarko Bakodesh, he would say, Lit Palo, you should daven. And his grandchildren would ask, would be like, what do you mean? The people coming to you, Rav Chaim, the people coming to you are not, are not stomp people who don't daven, right? Anybody goes to Rav Chaim, if you ever went to Rav Chaim, people with black hats, these people are from, right? Obviously, they daven three tefillahs a day, they go to tefillah, but Sibor, obviously, what Rav Chaim is telling them, any chiddish, right, you should daven? So he explained that he wasn't referring to regular davening. Obviously, everybody goes, Shachos, Mincham, Arif. What he meant was the little davenings in between, the additions from, them, from the heart, right, that that makes a difference. There's a, a normal between the Rambam and the Ramban, just to finish off, uh, about how many times a, a, a day a person has to daven midaraisa. So the Ramban says that only a nice tzara. Rambam says at least once, but only a nice tzara uh, a person has to admit to the daven midaraisa. So they tell the story about the briskarav who would try to be yotze every single time. He heard about someone's troubles, he would whisper, That's a positive in Parshas Vayri, that Yaakov Avino said to Dan, right, the tefillah that Rashi says, right, for Shimshon after he would be captured by the Plishnev. But he would, the Bishkara would say, I'm, I'm waiting for Hashem, uh, Hashem to give you salvation. And, and, and he would turnally, truly internalize, the, right, everybody, every single Jew, he put himself in his shoes, in their shoes, and daven for them, right, that, that he considered to be an ace tzara. And he felt that that was a, a, a mitzvah to daven for that person, because it was, he felt that it was a time of, of troubles for them. That's what we're talking about at each and every, right, over here, right, that each and every Jew, every single person, you hear about a person's issues, it doesn't have to be long. It doesn't have to be a long tefillah, shira malos, davening, sackcloth, no, but a little bit, it's just a little bit of, a little bit of tefillah, right? It's an incredible meter. Again, it's a high level, but it'll only have uh, fruits for yourself because, again, a person who davens, right? Because I'll say the person who davens for someone else will have to have success in a certain area, right? Will be blessed with that area with themselves, right? okay? But not 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 even for that reason, right? That we should all be able to attach ourselves to the tzaras of other Jews, right? And really feel their plight and daven for them, uh, and therefore we will all see Yeshuos uh, in the coming days. Amen. Kenyiratzon. Have a good chodesh and have a good Shabbos.